Hey, it's Tony here from Champions Advantage, and if you're listening to this, you probably realize, well, this episode is a couple days late, and the reason why is when we were recording at our usual time, um, our audio decided to shit itself about halfway through the recording, so we were able to salvage the first, like, 30 minutes, so we figured we'd keep the first 30 minutes in and just re-record the rest, so you're gonna hear some stuff like, tonight referring to SmackDown Live, which obviously isn't tonight. It already happened. And we'll be like, well, who is Aleister Black's opponent? And obviously by the time this comes out, you would have already known it's Cesaro. But we just figured there's enough quality stuff in the news that we'd keep it and just record the last couple segments that we needed and release it late. So we hope it doesn't take away from your enjoyment of the episode. So without further ado, here finally is this week's edition of Champions Advantage. It is. It is GM1 Climax season, so I had to go with the best New Japan theme they have. G.O.D. hard as shit. What'd it do? That was awesome in the garden. It was. It was. That was, that was fucking awesome. Haku was just being a G. That's Des. I still, I still, every time I see Des, I'm still like, Gorilla Tactics. He gets, pisses him off and annoys him. <laughs> uh, fucking but, annoy me, too. Well, you shouldn't talk about annoying anybody, because you're probably top ten most annoying people on this planet. Motherfuck. Well, Jesus. Well, that probably came off as very hurtful. It was. I didn't mean it that way. But it like... sounded like you fucking did. Well, that's not here. We're here to talk about wrestling, not my feelings, because no one ever wants to talk about my feelings. Oh, now stop it. Okay. So. How's your week? It was good. I worked a lot, including the 4th of July. Yeah. Drank a lot of past blue ribbon yesterday. Hmm. See, I'm and... the opposite. I drank, I drank so much on the 4th that I had a hangover before I was even done drinking. That's that happens. It's unfortunate. And then, I don't know. I had a good weekend. We just got back. We did. We we attended a uh, New York office house show. <laughs> a New York house house show at the Mohegan. Nope. At the you're right. You know, the Mohegan Sun right. Arena. There you go. At Casey Plaza. Casey Plaza in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, just a short nine miles from here. And it was it was fun. I was like going house shows. Yeah, yourself. house shows are fun. Last last house show I was at was in Miami, Florida, of all places. I went the one from Trenton. That's a little shorter of a commute. It is, but much worse. Much it's a much worse place. That's I I can attest that is true. <laughs> Miami is beautiful. Um, yeah, we got a action packed show coming up for you folks. It is. It's squished in like an ice cream sandwich. I uh, got a little bit of news. New contract news. Some some other miscellaneous stuff, some injury return news. And thankfully, everybody chilled the fuck out on Twitter. Yeah. More or less for a week. I mean, no one really chills out on Twitter. It's... I didn't get I didn't get a headache trying to scroll through our Twitter. Um, We have a review of night one of the G1 Climax, first time it ever took place in America, the U.S. Um, we have two shows to preview for you. We have the Duval Office's presents Fight for the Fallen and the New York offense 
the New York offense. Well, the New York offense is going to be bad because they took Daniel Jones. Yeah, both New York offenses are going to be bad. Because Sam Darnold stinks. They got Le'Veon Bell, though. But anyway, uh, the New York office will be presenting its annual Extreme Rules extravaganza. Which we will be in attendance for. Yeah, the Wells Fargo Center, one of the worst arenas in America. Oh, you eat Small ass seats. That is, the seats are small. They serve Pepsi products. I can keep going with my gripes, but I won't. We took your center. Well, you did do that. But... Yeah, yeah, we'll be there, so we'll have a little different perspective on it. And we'll discuss some of the wacky shenanigans that went down at the house show that we because were there were mentioning. Uh, but yeah, any anything else before we get into the news? No, let's get right into it. Well, we will see you right after this word from Rishpanshir. So not a ton on the news front this week, at least not as much as past weeks. Uh, we got some news. I guess you want to start off with some contract news that might just be a little too sweet? Oh, yes. It, it has been... Reported, I don't believe confirmed, but it's confirmed uh, that the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, have re-signed five-year Supermax contracts with the WWE. Sean Rassap did say that he heard the, they were for, like, big, big money. I can see it for me, big money. Because so, they knew other companies take it, take it that shall remain unnamed. The Duval office. Will, would be in, in for a lot of money. So, I... What do you think? I mean, I, I think it's good. I love them both. It seems like since they were working this out, since they got this worked out, they have reemerged. And uh, where do they go from here? Here's what I'm going to say. I guess I don't, I'm sorry. I have ODD. He was bending a poster, and it was like, it was driving me crazy. My ODD was kicking in. But um, like I said on the, I almost said the WrestleCon Super Show. Wait a minute. You have, OD, you have OCD, number one. <laughs> what did I say, ODD? Yes. That's funny. I was so confused. <laughs> Maybe I have ODD, too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I also almost said it in the WrestleCon Super Show, which should be a lie. On the uh, the Rundown Super Show, I said that like when we were talking about the Who Deserves Better segment, I said one of my biggest pet peeves were the fans like telling wrestlers, like, oh, you should leave. You're not being used right. Because, you know... Everyone has different goals in their in their pro wrestling career. And I think AJ, Balor, Anderson, and Gallows already had their wrestling as art stage. Like that, that stage's already passed. And now they're in their money making stage. They're in stage. the back of the Brinks truck. Yeah, they're in they're in the I got five kids with a high Asian wife and they all have to go to college phase. Yeah. So they obviously don't hate it there. They want to resign. Um, they have a lot of friends there. And it appears that at least what's been going on lately that they put them back with AJ. It looks like the club is going to ride again. I know everyone was already saying before it even started that it was just going to be for the Japan tour. Well, that tour is over. That tour is over. And it looks like that they are still doing something with them. So that's good. Like I love Gallows and Anderson. I want to see them on my TV more. I think they could have great matches at the Revival. I think they could have great matches with whatever, the, whatever they decide to name the Vikings this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a I, lot of matches out there for yeah, them. Yeah, and so, you know, if if they want to stay and sign five-year deals, no one held a gun to their head. I'm happy for them. If they got good money, which it sounds like they did, more power to them. But wasn't their first contract for big money, too? I think that was just their Twitter gimmick. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sure they weren't making peanuts, but... From what I heard, like, from the rumors that are floating around, these are, like, not top guy money, but right a step below that. So, 
Good for uh, Gun and Gallows. Happy for him. Uh, I still think it's crazy that Gallows is only going to be 40 when this contract is up. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like he's 130. The freaking Deacon, baby. Yeah, he was. I thought he was a, I thought he was a screaming demon. No, he's the freaking Deacon. He used to have spiders. Then he was fake Kane. Then he was Festus. Then he was Luke Gallows. Then he was Doc Gallows in TNA. And then he was Doc Gallows in New Japan. And now he's back to Luke Gallows because that's WWE's intellectual property and they own it. Any else say about the GBs? No, I'm glad they're back. They have a lot of matches out there. I mean, I like to say I like to see Machine Gun get a run on his own because I think he's tremendous. But I'm happy they'll be around for the next five years. First uh, foreigner ever go ever go to the final of a G1. Yes. And he lost to Naito. I think it was Okada. Okada. I know it was one of the big, big guns. It was either Okada or Tanahashi. It was one of the two. I think it was 2012. Whoever won in 2012. I think it was Okada. Actually, I'm 99% sure it was Okada. Doesn't matter. It does, but but anyway, let's move on. So, up next. Oh, this is your time. This commercial bullshit, as the now-named Tony Turans needs to talk about. should never put that into the universe, because it's awful, and I know it's awful, and you're just going to keep saying it. Oh, yes, I know. That's why you're top ten most annoying people. You're just backing that ass up. That's what I do. I just, I'm... You ever, did you have the WWE original CD back in the day? I did. Put a little ass on it. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> it's... I, I, I forgot about that song. Oh, how could you forget about that? Because there were so many other amazing yeah, you songs. Know what? On the... You know what? Fair enough. Undertaker sang a song. I don't suck. I don't. That was legendary. I had, I had that CD perfect. And for my car. That's... Not my car. Quite, quite, quite the tunes to listen to on the road. Oh yeah. But anyway, so a revelation came out a few weeks ago, and I don't know if this story is true, but I want to believe it so bad, so I'm just gonna act like it's a thousand percent true, even though I do believe it. But I don't. I don't think I ever saw confirmation on it. So the story goes: when Vince McMahon was having meetings with the XFL, he just found out. That they don't run plays during commercials, and he was baffled. <laughs> did, did you see that story? Yes. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it's true, but it's I, want so it, funny. I want it to be true so bad, so I'm That's... just going to act like it's true. So ever since then, they've been uh, not having wrestling during the commercials on Raw. So first, I kind of want to get your take. Did, did wrestling during the commercials bother you? I would rather them just go to commercial instead of trying to box it. Yeah, that's that's. I'm get. Trust me, I'm getting there. <laughs> but that's that's my point. Like, it's yeah, just, granted, no, it was fine. Granted, in the NFL and the NBA, and I don't watch a ton of baseball, so I don't know how they work in their commercials. Probably in between innings, I'd assume. So yeah, in those three sports and hockey, they don't take commercial breaks during the action. But in a NASCAR race, when they go to commercial, they don't just throw out a caution. They keep racing. Wait till Vince finds out that. I hope he finds it out soon because. What he's doing now ain't ain't it, Chief. So, like, yeah, it sucks that, like, if you want to have a match longer than eight minutes, it's going to have to run through a commercial break. But it never really bothered me. Now, with the overabundance of... Goddamn, pal. Now, with the overabundance of two out of three falls matches and the, all the wacky ways they're, they're, like, getting matches to restart, like, it kind of takes me out of it because it's, like... Really, there's matches restarting every week because people interfere. Why don't you just ban everyone from ringside? Then you <laughs> just look stupid. The one time it worked is when AJ won the U.S. title, 
But then the refs came down to discuss it, and they took a commercial break while the refs were discussing, and then they decided to restart the match because Ricochet's foot was under the rope. I thought that one was actually really good. But, you know, there's only so many ways to, like... Yeah, it's going to get old quick. Oh, it's already old. It's yeah. beyond old. Like, Michael Cole, and when Elias and Miz had their two out of three oh, falls Oh, God match, bless him. He's, he tried he, to get us that over so bad. He said, folks, we're not going to go to commercial until after the second fall. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. So we'll get a long match, then a commercial, then the finish. But the first two falls literally took like two and a half yeah, wasn't minutes. Yeah, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it just like skull-crushing finale, pin, drift away, pin, yes. and then the fall? Oh, yeah, yeah. There were two falls in probably legitimate three minutes. Yeah, and and then, then they took a commercial in the last falls. Like, I just... I hate whoever, like, got on, under Vince's skin about this wrestling during commercial shit because it never really bothered me, like... No, I didn't care. If anything important happened and someone got the heat or something, they'd always show you a replay, like... Or... I don't understand why they just don't do what they do on SmackDown, where they have the commercial and they have the gimmick and the smoke. I'd rather, I'd rather them just go to commercial. It's impossible to watch. So would I, but if you have to like see, if you have to make sure everyone sees all the wrestling, that's. I'd rather that than restarting a match because goofs interfered for the fourth week in a row. That's true. So Dave Meltzer during the G1 climax started to mention how Access did such a great job of making sure none of the matches were interrupted by commercials. Now, did you watch the G1 on Access? Yes. How many commercials did you see? Mm, I don't remember any. There were zero commercials. There were no commercials. The only spots they aired were promos for their other shows. So they didn't have companies paying them to put their product on the air. They were just running promos for other shows on so Access they bought, that, they bought that airtime raw. Well, they probably didn't have to buy it. It's their network. But I don't know what they did, but the point I'm making is it's easy to not go to commercial during a 20-minute match when there aren't any companies buying commercial, like, paying yeah, for like, time. Like, like, Eminem Mars, like, has a say in when W, what yeah, WWE like, does. They want, they probably know when Raw has its peak audience, and they want their commercial played during that time. It's not just, like, I work in the TV industry. I, I'm not trying to fucking say that to be cool, because I wish I didn't work in the TV industry, quite frankly. But, like, the way advertising works is certain adver- advertisers pay specifically for their spots to air at certain times. So, granted, yeah, could the WWE write the whole show around those times? They could, but they're not going to do that. It's just, I don't know. It's, I just thought Dave was being a jackass. And I respect Dave. I think yeah, no, he, he, he's like that sometimes. But, I don't know. Now, you, anything else you, have, you want to say about commercials? Uh, no, just, just go to them. Just go to them. Don't insult our intelligence. Our intelligence is being greatly insulted. I know, but there's little things they can do to not insult it, and that's one of them. So what's up next on the docket? The intellectual savior of the masses is back. He is. According to him on his own Twitter, said he's been away for two and a half years, and he's time to come back as Damien Sandow. I don't know his real name. It's Aaron something. I think... I don't know if Aaron Stevens is his real name. That was the name he went on. That was his first name he went under in WWE, the first run. But I know his name is definitely Aaron. Yeah. And, and, and TNA uh, went as Aaron Rex. He called himself the Millennial Slayer. How do you feel about that? Oh, Jesus. It could be funny because he, he got over a stunt double gimmick, which... He's pretty much gotten over everything he's done. Yeah, and I think he's great. I mean, there would be companies throwing some money at him. There's, and uh, it's good to have him back. It's always good to have some of those guys back because I, I, I was a fan of his when he went. And if he comes around again, he might get a better chance. So, so do, you, do you see him signing with a major company or just kind of doing yes. the indie gimmick? I see him signing with a major company. 
Any, Maybe not any, right off the bat, but definitely after his indies. Any particular guess on what company you think he might land? I think Vince. I think Vince will be after him again. Well, they're after anyone they're threatened by, so we'll see. Or it depends. Or it depends how much impact can I have to offer him. AEW is not exactly looking for talent right now, but I'm sure they would make an exception. Are you sure? Because I'm not. But anyway, um, yeah, it's always good to have a, someone back in the business. Um, I enjoyed the Damian Sandow character before it became a comedy act. <laughs> and even once it became a comedy act, he still made it work. But I really did love the original Damian, Damian Sandow character. I think I was the one guy on earth that loved Team Road Scholars. I think. Oh, I love them too. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not too alone then. Um, do you remember when him and Cody uh, parodied the New Age Outlaws? Yes. Do you remember when they they made fun of Doctor Shelby and Kane hit him with the uppercut? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. It's Kane. Remember everything that happened with Kane. But yeah, it's good to see uh, Sandow back in the business after taking two and a half years off, and we'll see what happens. Up next, Randy Orton is back. From a neck injury that neither of us knew he had. Yeah, just there's a report on Fightful.com that Randy Orton is getting ready to come back uh, to the ring from a neck injury. It wasn't uh, taken as a very serious neck injury, but he hadn't been seen on TV since his match with Triple H at Super Showdown, and he hadn't wrestled since, I believe, June 10th in a house show against Aleister Black. So he's been off pretty much a month. Sounds like they're getting ready to ease him back in. What would you like to see young Randall do upon his return? I'd like to see him put Alistair Black over. That's I think that's could be who be could could be knocking. Could be who's knocking on the door. That very well. It says he's running the action, and soon, I mean, yeah, it could. I feel like it's a great find person. out tonight. I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's a great person to uh, have put over Alistair. I mean, and they were working together on the house show loops before. Orton you got don't hurt, get so. like there's not many stamps of approval you can get that's better than Randy Orton's on that company right now, or in that company right now. So, I mean, if you, you go over Orton, you're a big deal, and the Alistair should be treated like a big deal. How did you feel about him feuding with Kofi for the big belt? I think he will be WWE Championship eventually. He will win the WWE Championship eventually. Same, he could ring. turn into a title. That'd be impressive. Yeah. Well, it's always good to have young Randall back, so... Yeah, Randy Orton's like fine wine. As I get older and as he gets older, I just love him more. I just think the less fucks he gives, the more I enjoy him, because... We, I was, saw, we, we saw the side of him at... And we saw House Show Randy, which is, which is ridiculous. House Show Randy is second only to Twitter Randy. Twitter Randy's still the king. He is. You see, uh, Zack Ryder posted something. It was like something like a Looney Tunes thing. He's like, that's awesome. And Orton's like, God damn it, Zack. Is it really? <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. But He called him a nerd, too. Yeah, young so, Randall getting ready to return to action. In addition to this short news week, uh, you informed me the Bellas were supposed to feud with the Iconics after WrestleMania. Yeah, Nikki Bella was talking about in an interview that uh, her and Brie were prepared to come back after WrestleMania, start a feud with the, with the Iconics for the women's tag titles, and uh, then she found out her neck was so jazzed up that she couldn't come back and she had to retire. So that's kind of unfortunate. And I and I don't know. Just I was never really the biggest fan of the Bellas in ring work. But I can appreciate all the eyes they brought to the company with their uh, reality shows. They did. I mean, they, people say a lot of a lot of hardcore wrestling fans say that they were terrible. They didn't deserve a spot at the end. But and they weren't. They weren't Gosh and Hack and Schmidt. But you don't have no. to be. Yeah, it's just they they brought a lot of eyes. They're great personalities. They're Eagles fans, which is always a plus. And uh, they're they're equally uh, responsible for the the WD Divas Revolution as Stephanie and 
Bailey. Well, and... Stephanie isn't. Don't don't give her credit. Come on now. Okay. Well, Bailey and Charlotte and Becky and Sasha, and I just think they were they did more. They did a little, not more, but a different thing that those those girls were not bringing. And uh, I think I believe it was Nikki Bella who started the whole Skip Divas a chance. I think, hashtag. Yeah, I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. And she wasn't awful. I thought she had a good match at Ronda at Evolution. It wasn't great, but it was good. I uh, at least from what I remember. And it was alright. It was solid. But then you know, it's sad. You never want to see guys people go down like that. Um. <coughs> yeah, it's. I tend to agree. I do think like. When you think women's tag teams, the Bellas have to be, like, one of the first tag teams you think of. So it definitely is a shame that they'll never get a chance to, like, at least compete for the titles, let alone have a run with them. Uh, you got you to gotta think that when WWE created those titles, along with the Boston Hug connection, they probably had the Bellas in mind. Absolutely. And now that prophecy won't, won't come true. Um, maybe that kind of explains why they haven't been doing a whole lot with the Iconics either, because they probably had this whole Bellas thing shoehorned in. And then it kind of fell out from under them, and they couldn't pull it off. So, I don't know. I'd, it's kind of kind of shame that the women's tag team titles are basically a joke already. Yeah, they really dropped the ball on that one. But, so, I mean, slow news week this week. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not complaining, because we still have plenty to talk about. And uh, do you want to run through the house show right now? Do you want to do that right here? We can do that right yeah, here. Yeah, we can do it right here. So, Sunday night, we attended a... Uh, Raw live event from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, the Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza. And I hate being the guy to talk about attendance, but it's part of wrestling, so I'd say out of it's an 8,000-seat arena, maybe 2,500 people, I'd say. 2,000 people, somewhere in that range. Probably about 2,000. Yeah. Which so. isn't horrible, but it's bad. But, I mean, and that's kind of one of the discussion I want to have at the end of this about the value of house shows and if they're still necessary in 2019. Uh, because the house show I went to Miami, huge arena, American Airlines Arena, the house that LeBron James built. Well, I guess it's the house that Dwayne Wade built. I got to yep. respect to Dwayne. But giant 21,000-seat arena, maybe 3,000 people there. So it just seems like house shows in general. And that was 2017, before the whole attendance catastrophe started. So I think it just goes to show that house shows haven't been a draw in a while. I think Dave Meltzer said, like, house shows haven't been profitable since, like, the mid-2000s. Jesus. Um, they're basically money losers at this point. So we'll, we'll talk about the value of house shows and if they should continue to have as many uh, after we run down the show. But I know you took notes on this show, so do you want to you get us started running down the show? I did, no. Here's what I have. Start match by match. So the opener. I said... Uh, the opener was Becky Lynch defeating the sassy Southern Belle, uh, Lacey Evans, in a WWE Raw Women's Championship match. And then the Revival came out. Oh, yeah. The Revival were great. And it took them 15 minutes from the time the music started to start the match. So I Because they were hugging and they were arguing with people. They were ripping up signs. It was incredibly 80s Southern I Hill. felt like I got transported to Jim Crockett promotions in 1983. <coughs> it was awesome. Like They took a picture with an FTR sign and then ripped it up. And threw it 20 rows back. Like, this guy... They're like, this wasn't just a sign that said FTR, like... They were fully drawn on this sign. Like, this guy put a lot of effort into this sign. And, you know, they, they, they come out, they, they be nice, 
They took a picture of the guy and the sign, and then they took the sign and launched it about 20 rows back. It was hysterical. Um, yeah, like you said, then they get to the ring. They're getting into it fans. Fucking Dash Wilder is flexing and pounding his chest. Scott Dawson is just, like, strutting around. They, they hug each other. They go on the apron and hug each other. They both they do a top rope hug, which I haven't seen before. Uh, Scott Dawson tries hugging the referee, but the referee ducks and then hugs Kurt Hawkins. They did they did they did a double off the rope hug. They they did do they yep they did a double off the rope hug. They both ducked. Yeah, it was. I it wish was, they did a springboard hug, but no flips, just fists. I guess we can't. No, yeah, it's a Jerry on brand for them. Um. Yeah, they were they were trying to embarrass Chuck Taylor and Tremperetta. They, they were. were uh, they probably were too. Uh, and then the Revival lose by DQ and keep their titles. But Hawkins and Ryder jump them. The Vikings come out and make the save. And the Usos make the save for the uh, Hawkins and Ryder. And it turns into an eight-man tag. And the Babyfaces went after a very fun match. Super kicks everywhere. Yeah, and uh, Scott Dawson once again. Scott Dawson might have been the star of this house show. He had a uh, a great sell after the Super <laughs> Kick where he like, flopped under the bottom rope and like did like a... Fl- I was just... He flopped like a dead fish. It was great. Um, it was what house shows are meant to be. Fun. Like, you'd never you'd never see something like that on TV because, you know, what it was it was overdone to the point that it was ridiculous, but it was still hysterical, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It was, he, he, was, uh, he was pacing up and down the ramp. Oh, it was great. It was, it was awesome. And then, During the eight-man tag, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the action because I was just staring at the heel corner. Because even the Vikings were, like, hysterical. They were all into it. Oh, yeah, they were they were having a blast. And then after this match was the last match before intermission. Uh, Ricochet, Cesaro, and AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Ricochet pinned Cesaro, because, of course, with a standing shooting starter press, and it was the best match of the show so far. Yeah, uh, it was a fun little match. Cesaro was wearing the bar tights, because long live the bar. He was doing the bar sign, too. He was doing the bar sign. Um, a lot of We Want Sheamus chants. A lot of CM Punk chants during this match. Yeah, fuckers. Uh, this crowd was... They didn't know what they wanted all night. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were confused. Uh, we were spitting around a bunch of fucking marks. We were like the weirdest section ever. It was like grown old ladies who like had no idea what was going on. Families. Typical like wrestling fans. And just like marks. Yeah. So it was, a, it was quite the weird section. But real fun match. Um... Like, obviously, at a house show, they're trying to give you a, a, a good show, but they're not going all out to risk killing themselves, especially when there's a pay-per-view next week. That being said, watching Ricochet float around effortlessly, like, at a, like going half speed at a house show, makes me jealous of how athletic that guy is. It's, like, oh, yeah, he's absurd. unbelievable. Absurd. He was doing springboard drop kicks, like, like, it, like I get out of bed. Like, it was just, like, second nature to him. Uh... Real fun match. He hit the we can't call this the code breaker because Chris Jericho works for the competition on AJ, and he followed that up with a uh, standing shooting star. Standing shooting star in Cesaro got the one two three. Um, my favorite part of this match was uh, when Ricochet dumped Cesaro out of the ring and he did like his superhero pose where he like flips and does a backflip and like, you know, sticks the pose. But then AJ just hit him in the back of the head from behind. And I AJ working heel was fun. It's the first time. I've seen him work heel since 2017, so he's getting back in the groove of being he needed heel. to get freshened up, too. He did, he did. Uh, Babyface character is running a little stale. The, so. the Babyface racist was just running out of time. Next match, EC3 in the club defeated oh the Lucha God. House Party. 
<laughs> this is also hysterical. This is great. I knew EC3 was, was going over the minute he came out, and he had all the enthusiasm in the world pointing at his letters. Oh, yeah, he was ready. He was, he was torqued. He <laughs> was ready to go. And just like, uh, EC3 got DDT'd, and he sold it by just sitting there. It was fucking hysterical. <laughs> this is why house shows are the best. Like, you don't see this shit on TV. Um, and then... Uh, Gallows and Anderson hit the magic killer on Lin- on uh, Grand Metalik, and EC3 acted like he just won the fucking world. Title. Oh yeah, he went nuts. So, so I hope they have something. I love EC3. Um, All right, and next the weirdest match of the night. This is your favorite match. Natalia and so Naomi. Good so far, so far so good. Yeah, we're defeated the team of Tamina and Sarah Logan. <laughs> which dear Jesus, with the roll up, this match was not good. Let's not even talk about it. Yeah, it went like. Six minutes, probably four minutes too long. Main event: Corbin, Wilkes-Barre's favorite son, Corbin, and Seth Rollins went after it, and they had a fun little match. Yeah. Um. Eventually, Lacey Evans came down and interfered, and they put the boots to Rollins. But then the man, Becky Lynch, made the save. They both uh, hit Corbin with a double team, throwing him through a table. Uh, Rollins hit the stomp. One, two, three. They send the crowd home happy. Overall, a fun time was had by all. It wasn't a big crowd, but it was a very vocal crowd. The crowd was hot, pretty much into most things. They weren't into the six-man, but it was right after intermission, and it was the fucking Lucha House Party, so I can't really blame them. Um, Great shirt they have. Buy it. Well. Go ahead, I dare you. Okay, I'm doing it right now. Go ahead. Um, the, the club did get a pop when they won, so people do care. Um yeah, I had, a, I had a good time. I don't I don't regret. It's not like we paid a lot for the tickets. The tickets are like 20 bucks. So it's not like I regret paying $20 to have a fun night of wrestling. So, anything else in the news before we move on to G1 Climax 29? Nothing I can think of. How about you? Uh, I think we're pretty much squared away. We talked about the house show. We talked about everything. So, let us move on to the G1 Climax right after this. All right, so after many days apart... we Yeah, were... it was definitely just five minutes and not four days. Well, it wasn't because we said like shit like tomorrow or today referring to who Aleister Black's opponent is going to be. And now we know who it is because it's now like five days later from the first <laughs> time we tried recording this, so... Yeah, our audio turned heel on us. It did. It's And then walked out halfway through our tag match. We we're, were able to salvage the first part of the show, so we decided to keep that in. Because we had some interesting, we had we had some house show discussion. We talked about some news that was going on, and we just decided to keep it in. And you know, this is it's like a, we ended on a cliffhanger. So now we're back for a part two, even though this will all be one episode. I'm just kind of rambling right now. Let's let's get into the G1 climax for the first time in history. The G1 climax was the actual tournament, the, uh, a night of block action was held in the United States of America at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. And there was 14 people there. Why do you got to be such a, like, heel? No, you're fine. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not being a negative Nancy. But there was. There was nobody it filled there. up. It filled up. You keep telling yourself that. I'm not telling myself that. Look at, look at pictures of the main event. Like, obviously, see, what I think, like, I think the sections that were completely empty, they didn't sell those tickets, and they just decided not to tarp it off. 
Because if you notice, like, the sections that were completely empty were by, like, the, the entrance stage. Yes, I did notice that. So I think they just they weren't just can't selling be, they can't those be in tickets. The shot. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, like, I don't know why they didn't tarp them off. Or, like, like they, it was very, like, they were in every shot. Yeah. It, was, it does not leave a good, does not leave a good impression. No, you're fine. It's, you're fine. We're, we're, we're recording this on a device that's not our usual recording device. And Mike is paranoid that it's not recording, so he has to keep touching it, even though I'm telling him it's fine. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right, that's awesome. So, hopefully our audio doesn't sound like complete shit, because this is just kind of... We're trying to make chicken shit at a... <laughs> we're trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. If you're trying to make chicken shit out of chicken shit, we'd have a pretty easy job. Yeah, I mean, we don't. Um, so, the first... We aren't going to go over the undercard, because... It's worthless. It's not worthless. There's some good action there. There's good Liger, action, but it's not... It's Liger pointless. Gotta, it's not pointless. What I'm saying is, we already went over it five days ago, and that audio is gone, and I just don't have the energy to do it again. That's very true. It's not, don't, don't try to short sell New Japan fucking WWE gimmick guy over there. <laughs> so the first match in Block A action, Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay. Who looks a little bit like Ruby Riot, Michael Hayes, and Bull Nakano. Not an original thought, but I'll, I'll let it slide because it's very funny. Um, so we're not going to go, like I said, this, by the time this episode releases, it would have, this show would have been six days ago, so... What were your thoughts? What is the next, block, the, the next black action? Friday, Te- ten, Friday, Saturday? Technically, it would be our time. It would be Saturday morning at 5.30 a.m. Nice. I'll probably so, be up. I'll be at work, so I'll be watching it. So, first match. Go ahead. Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay. What did you think of it? It was a match of the night. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was absolutely tremendous. There's, Archer really came to play. There was some impressive stuff in here. Archer took a Spanish fly off the top rope. Um, and Archer's 6'8". Was he 6'8"? 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". Somewhere, 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 somewhere in the high six feet figure. He's a power forward is what you're telling me. Yeah, or, or even in today's small ball NBA era, maybe even a center. Like Clint Capella isn't that tall. Um, Al Horford isn't that tall. He plays center. Al He's Hor- not going to play center, though? Well, no, not, not on his new team he won't, but he has in the past for his past two teams. Mm-hmm. Um but Osprey did his normal shit. Uh, spring uh, Sasuke special, uh, pip pip cheerio, top rope six one nine. He got hit with a fucking gigantic pounce that sent him literally across the ring. Um, they, they timed that so perfectly. It's like when you're running when you're kids and you run into each other with exercise yeah. balls, and one guy gets sent. <laughs> or like I don't uh, know if you ever did that. I had a weird childhood. Or like that 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 soccer where you're like in the balls and like you're playing soccer. Yeah, I did that once. That looks fun as hell, dude. I'm they're like thirty five pounds. You're running around. And it's, <laughs> Like, I, the, the one thing I don't need is more weight on, on, yeah. on me. And then you're, no, just, I hear you. you're just running around. And you feel like a... I just think you're in Rocket Power. Remember that episode of Rocket Power? I do. Power? Rocket Power is a great Where show, man. New Zealand? Yes. Yes, home, home For of... For no reason. Home of Switchblade. The, how, how a person that owns a fucking beach shack can What's, afford to go to New Zealand. That motherfucker was selling drugs. Good mo- he makes good money, man. He, uh, wasn't it? Raymundo. Raymundo, Raymundo yeah. and Tito. <laughs> Raymundo they were, they were, and Tito. They were selling fucking weed. Oh, speaking of Tito, there was a development since we recorded the news segment, did you see that Tito Ortiz is fighting Alberto Del Rio in a shoot fight? I hope Ortiz kicks his ass. And he's going <laughs> to kick his ass. Like, usually, like, I think, like, novelty MMA fights are, like, stupid. But Sounds I, like Ken Shamrock and fighting that 58 to somebody. But I will pay to watch Tito Ortiz and Alberto Del Rio have an MMA fight. I would, I would pay to Ortiz watch Ortiz will that. kill him. I think so. Well... He's one of the greatest fighters ever. Del Rio does have MMA experience. I think he's like has like a one and two record. He, yeah, he fought for Pride in his fucking luchador mask, which is Pride was a weird place. But anyway, um, they teased a double count out. Osprey to shooting star. Uh, just you know, typical 
Oscar crazy shit. shit. Oz Cutter. Um, My favorite move in the world, I think, at the moment. The Oz Cutter? Uh, he went for the Stormbreaker a couple times, never could hit it. Then Archer hit the greatly named Everybody Dies Claw, <laughs> and Osprey was pinned to the mat while his brains were being squeezed out, and he won. So two points for Archer, and Osprey starts to G1 with a loss. This is a shock to a lot of people, but this wasn't really a shock to me for two reasons. One, this was Archer's hometown, and two, I really think they're going to do the... I really think Will Ospreay is going to struggle in this G1. Not match quality-wise. I mean, like, in kayfabe. Um, and they're going to play the, well, he's just a junior heavyweight in over his head card. And then by the G1 next year, he will be fully transitioned into a full-fledged heavyweight. And, like, I'm not saying he's going to win the 2020 G1, but I think, like, in 2020, he's got, like, a I really mean, strong G1. A good, and, like, a good, it's a, he's a good early pick for it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if you want it, but I'm not. I'm not like going out on. Well, record. the way that, the way they tend to book these things, you don't just go from losing to winning it. Gato, you, you do have a strong one. Gato and then loves you win. a fucking comeback story, so I just think Osprey is going to struggle like hard in this G1. Like maybe only get like four points in the whole thing, and like they're they're going to play up big time. Like oh, he's just a junior heavyweight. He's in over his head. Which meanwhile, meanwhile, Shingo, who's just a junior heavyweight, is going to fucking do very well in the G1, and that's just going to help their rivalry after the G1. Yeah. And then by 2020, they'll both be fully-fledged heavyweights. And maybe Shingo versus Osprey will be the final of the 2020 G1. Oh. Wouldn't that be a hell of a story? Book, book, Gato. Gato, that little short piece of shit. I'm a little short piece of shit, too, so. He was short. Gato was short. Uh, he, was just, he was walking around the fucking Bull Club block party like he owned the place. Well, he, he, he technically does, did own the place. He kind of does own the place. But, yeah, that's, that's the first match. Next match, probably the weakest match of the night. Bad Luck Fale versus Evil. Um, this is just... This was a mild mean guy match, I'd say, to put it... to put it. Uh, I do have a question. Yes. How did Fale not get in the Mean Guy Classic? I was an oversight. <laughs> Fale's a... The road Fale's gen- the meanest, per- meanest guy there is out we, there. We've, we've seen in person that Fale is a mean he's guy. Like, like, he's like, listen, motherfucker, you pay me $20 yeah, and I will chop you. you. Yeah. You know what? He should have won the damn thing because that is like the the mean guy move of the meanest guy moves. And so. he's also huge. Yeah, he's gigantic. <laughs> like he like he's he doesn't look he looks huge on TV and he's somehow even bigger than that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like he was very imposing in person. Like I don't want this motherfucker With anywhere near fucking me or my gold children. tooth and his cigar and he was an imposing motherfucker. Like him and Haku walked out together. and I go shit. I am not going over. He there. was a real nice guy though. He was. He, he was, was a, a real nice, nice guy. guy. He was. He was having the time of his life. So this match. You know, not a whole lot really went on in this match. It's just a big guy Fale match. Um, the ending came when Evil grabbed a chair. He went to swing it, but Fale hit a low blow. Uh, Fale put the chair around Evil's neck, then hit that chair with another chair, and then he got the pin. Um, I, I thought he wanted a bad luck fall. He did. He, he did, did hit yeah. a bad luck fall after that, but he fucking hit a chair with another chair around another guy's neck. I don't think he needed the bad, the bad luck fall. No. Uh, he always has a strong G1. He does. It's weird. He always, has a great, of... he always has a great G1. Yeah. Um, up next, depending on who you ask, a great match or a boring match. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is quoted as saying, putting on a good technical match in America is like trying to read Shakespeare to a dog. They just don't get it. And, you know, that's a fair point. I've seen a lot of people on wrestling Twitter call Zack Sabre Jr. boring. And while I don't agree at all, I do see how people can find no, him boring. No, I understand boring. that. Like, is, it's a very... Like, if you're... I'm not going to, like, this is going to sound braggadocious. Yeah, it is. I think I know where you're going with this. But if you have to be a certain level of wrestling fan. Yeah, I, I knew you were going To there. appreciate. It's just it's just true, right? Like, it's if you have to be a certain level of wrestling fan to appreciate what he does. 
but there's there I'm I think there's people out there that appreciate it but still find it boring. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to enjoy it to like yeah, I, I just think it's, it's hard to explain because I don't know what not enjoying it's like. I've always found, ever since I discovered him, I always found him great. I know you have too. Like, I'm not a fan of Joel Embiid, but I could appreciate that he's a really yeah. good player. No, yeah. I, I, so no, I think I, there's I, a level of that I with think, Zach Sabre Jr. I think we know what we're trying to say and they know what we're trying to say, but it's just hard to say. But anyway, let's get into the match. Because we've been talking about just how beautiful he works. Zach Sabre Jr. is my pick to win this block. Since long before, since long before we... Uh, I've I've gone on record. I've gone on record and said uh, Naito and ZSJ in the finals with Naito winning and then being double champ at Wrestle Kingdom. It's been my prediction since day one, and I think that's where it's going. But let's get into this match because Sonata, another great technical wrestler that some people also find boring. Um, I saw someone who had a pretty interesting take for someone who's as good in the ring as Sonata. How can he be so bad at facial expressions and and have no charisma? Which is a very fair. Criticism. But that's also part of his gimmick. Like his yeah. gimmick is cold skull. Yeah. Like he he's he's a cold skull. He, he shows there and wrestles and he leaves. He has no reaction to. I do love how like everyone in Lij like Naito will hit the like the eye pose and the fist up in the air. Bushi will spit out water. Shingo will do the weird thing with his eyes, and then like, Sonata just takes off his mask. <laughs> like everyone has like their little pose, and Sonata just takes off his and mask. Sonata was my pick to win this block. Sonata is your pick to win this block. You have Sonata winning the whole damn thing, don't yeah, you? So let's get into this match. Um, there was a great exchange where they kept countering roll-ups into other roll-ups and like they went on and on there was like sunset flips backslides into cradles like all just all these roll-ups and other roll-ups um uh saber gets sonata in an arm bar sonata gets the ropes uh sonata hits a drop kick then sonata uh rolls out of the ring for a 19 count gets a sip of water just really milking it and saber jr does the same thing uh goes outside and just dicks around with the fans tells them all to fuck off and the finish came when uh, Sonata uh, reversed the clutch into a pinning combination and got the win. Uh, I enjoyed the match. It was kind of slow-paced, but when you're going 20-plus minutes, that's all right. Yep. Uh, the match built very well. The finish was great. And uh, after the match, ZSJ put the ref in a couple wacky submissions because he's pissed that he lost. <laughs> he did put the... Don't even know, even know the name. Can't even name them. Well, the names of his finishers are already ridiculous. They're like, yeah, what is it? It's like it's like eleven words long, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like something with napalm death, and there's like there's there's a bunch of them. He just he names them ridiculous things all all the time to see if Kevin Kelly could remember the name of them. And to his credit, he always does. So, up next, uh, Kenta taking on Kota Ibushi, and this match I don't want to call it a squash, but Ibushi kind of was on the wrong end of this one. Um, yeah, he did not get a lot in. So they sh- beat the hell out of each other. Um, Kenta had a series of kicks. Abushi sold them big. And uh, Kenta hit a knee lift and the PK. Couple knee drops. He teased doing the bare knee knee drop, but they ended the gimmick where like jumps over him and like kicks dirt into his face like he's a bull. So um, then Kenta went to the top, hit a clothesline, uh, two count, tornado DDT, but Abushi cuts him off with strikes. And dropped him with a German. Uh, Abushi sent Kenta to the floor with a backflip kick. He tried for Biscato, but Kenta caught him with a knee in the landing. And this is where Abushi absolutely fucked up his ankle. Oh, he destroyed it. And he put pictures of it on Twitter, and it, it didn't look good. He's probably he's probably taking bumps already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no path. doubt that he's just Kota Abushi loves putting his he's body through trauma. Yeah. 
Easily a match. For sure. So Kenta tricked Ibushi over the barricade and hit a double stomp, which looked nasty. Um, Ibushi's head hit the, air, hit the barricade on the impact. And then uh, Kenta ended up winning with a shitty GTS that they showed a replay of for some reason. Yeah, it was awful. His knee, missed, came, his knee came nowhere close to his head, which, you know what, for all the head, for all the head trauma that Ibushi has taken that's a great thing that i came. mean a broken orbital's always got to do left to the door to his face it's a great thing that that knee came nowhere close to his head but i don't know why they showed a replay of it at the angle they did where you clearly saw the knee hit him in like the peck um but kenta got the win after the match they embraced and uh kenta helped to boost you up to his feet and they shook hands and then the main event for the first time ever happy in- for kenta yeah i just hope he makes it through the whole tournament without getting hurt which is a very big risk um the main event, a very historic happening. For the first time in America, we had Kazuchika Okada taking on the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Did you see the picture flowing around Twitter today of Hiroshi Tanahashi holding condoms? I did not. It was, I think there were magnums too, so. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. The ace is a fucking. The ace in the hole. God damn it. That's, that's a visual I didn't need. You, you mean you're going you're gonna to dangle that in front of me and not let me take it? Pause. Mega pause. There. Oh, Jesus. Super pause. Let's just move on to the fucking match. Yeah. So the crowd, they got a standing ovation before they even touched. Uh, the crowd chanted New Japan. Then they locked up. Okada uh, did the deal where he teases, like, patting you on the chest and says he's got to break clean. But then uh, Tonic just fucking slapped the hell out of him, and it was on from there. A um, bunch of signature move teases early. Um, then eventually... The finish came when Okada hit three Rainmakers. And this is a very good match. Like I said, we kind of gave, like, the very, 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 very short Spark Notes version of it. Just because by this point, it was it's irrelevant a week ago. We just wanted to talk about it. Yeah, we just, we said we were going to talk thing, about the G1, and we talked about the G1. One thing that's very cool about this, I don't know if it's going over anybody's head. This is the two greatest wrestlers in history promotion. Yeah, Probably. And they're wrestling in Dallas. That's just it's, it's absurd to me. Yeah, home of the fucking Mavericks and the Cowboys. Well, I'm talking about the arena, not oh yeah, not the city. Dirk Dirk played in that arena. Cowboys are from Arlington. They are. They were never from Dallas. They're liars and they're cheats and they're steals. They're steals. They're steals. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Fuck Jerry Jones. But this was <laughs> goddamn pal. He had that wrist for a while. Yeah. At the end of this match, like Tana kept like. Hitting him, and he just and Okada kept risk control, never let it go. Um, Tana did some stuff you haven't seen in a while. He hit the high fly flow to the outside. Um, Got some airtime on that too. Bunch of bunch of dragon suplexes. He looks healthier than he did. Okada Okada pulled out the spinning the tombstone. Yeah, Tanahashi's been like consistently beat up for like the past three years. I mean, he's, he's also fine. forty years well, old. Yeah, you know, he's just. He's, he's, been, he's done it all. It seems like the injuries have just been piling up lately with the knee and the arm and the just... elbow and all kinds of shit. of pores. But um, he looked a little healthier in this match. It's weird seeing uh, tombstones in the home state of The Undertaker just being a setup move, <laughs> including a spinning tombstone. Like, if Undertaker hit... When Undertaker hit that jumping tombstone on Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26, that was death. That was literally the <laughs> end of his career. <laughs> Okada, Okada hits a... No, it wasn't. Well, it should have been. <laughs> I blocked that out of my head. Saudi Arabia doesn't count. Um, Okada hits a spinning tombstone and just picks him up to clothesline him. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lariat. The, 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 which is... But it's beautiful, so... It's a 
spinning layer. It's like a twisting. You, you got extra momentum by twisting the guy out of. I don't know. It's it's it works. It works for him. Well, I mean, I mean, they're. I think they'll be going after. They'll, they'll wrestle again for a belt eventually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much time Ton has left, but he just signed a new contract, so. I mean, he'll wrestle probably till he's fifty here or there. I mean, Nakamura said he wants to go until he's forty-five, so it's possible. He's close. Um, but speaking of wrestling for title belts, oh brother, motherfucker, segue like a mall cop. Paul Blart. Yes. Uh, we want to send you to our friends, Pro Am Belts, who make custom belts for every occasion. Um. They made the Turnbuckle Topics Network belt. They did. Which is a beautiful, beautiful piece of leather and gold plating. Or as Kevin Nash says, a piece of tin. piece of tin. Um, At least yeah. Kevin Dunn doesn't say that. Kevin Dunn. <laughs> um, the disgust in your voice right there. But keep yeah. going. Uh, so any occasion you need a custom belt for... We say, we say it every week, but it's the perfect idea for a fantasy football league if you have... You know, if you're committed to it, um, like I said, you you said you had your uh, league for ten plus years. So yeah, we're just this is our tenth year anniversary. Much like evolve, so congratulations. Yeah, much like evolve. Um, so yeah, whatever the whatever the scenario, you need a custom belt for. Maybe you just want to be a fucking mark and get a custom belt. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, Pro belts is the place to go to get it. Uh, they have great quality, and they could do stuff from basic shit that'll cost you 150 bucks to as intricate as you want to get it. And they get intricate. Yeah. So what you're going to want to do is you want to go to Pram Belts, look at all their templates, upload your design, do whatever you want to do, and then you're going to put in the code TBT15OFF, and that will save you 15% off on your custom belt order. Super fast turnaround times. The guys at Pram Belts will have your custom belt to you in no time, and it'll be ready for whatever occasion you need it for. So that's Pram Belts. Uh, we want to thank them for doing business with us and making the Turnbuckle Topics belt. It's a beautiful piece. And... Yeah, we got predictions and a preview for not only Fight for the Fallen, but also WWE Extreme Rules. Where we will be. We will be in attendance there. I think we've said that like three times already on this show. Well, I want to know. The show's five days fucking long. I know. I have, Yeah, but yes, we will be at Extreme Rules, and we will tell you what we see happening at Extreme Rules right after this. AEW's third official event takes place tomorrow. Uh, it is Fight for the Fallen at uh, Jacksonville, Florida. It'll take place at Daly's. Duval. It'll take place at the Daly's Place Amphitheater over there in Jacksonville, and all the proceeds from the gate will go to the Jacksonville Jacksonville's Victim Assistance Advisory Council to help victims of gun violence. Very, and very prevalent at this moment. That is a very great thing to do. So, let's get into the matches, starting with the pre-show match. So, the pre-show match is Sonny Kiss versus Peter Avalon, who also have Leva Bates. So, I guess you want me to go first? Go ahead. Um, this is a tough one. I mean, it's only the third show, so we don't really know who they're pushing and who they're not pushing yet. Um, just because Leva Bates lost her match due to Peter Avalon's interference... I'm going to say that Peter Avalon is going to lose his match due to Leva Bates' interference, because that just seems like it makes sense. That's exactly what my pick is. So I'm going, I'm going Sonny Kiss. So that's exactly what my pick was going to be. I think Sonny Kiss is going to have a, a bigger part in this company than I think certain people think he will. You're talking to Jim Cornette? I'm talking to anybody. Okay. I'm not talking to anybody specific. Okay. 
Definitely nobody in Memphis. But uh, or Lexington, or the fuck Louisville. Is. Nice try. Louisville. <laughs> I love you, Jeremy. But uh, I, I, that's going to be my exact same pick. Uh, Leva's going to cost him. It's actually, I think, pretty obvious. Yeah, it just makes sense. All right. The second pre-show match is absolutely absolute insanity. Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela versus MGF, MJF, Sammy oh, Guevara. He's going to kick your ass. And Sean Spears. He's going to call you a version. He's a, he's a piece of shit is what he is. Oh, oh. Um, In the best way, he's a piece of oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. Like, I'm doing, he's so good at what he does, I'm not liking him. I'm yeah. going to hate him. Like, it's just out of respect for him. Yeah. Um, so, this one's kind of, I don't want to get on AEW's case too much here, but, so I know that MJF and Cody being friends is just, like, a storyline that's going to lead to, that's going to lead to MJF using Cody to get ahead. Probably it all out. But... MJF was one of the first guys to rush out to Cody's aid after Sean Spears hit him with a chair. So how I don't understand why they'd be teaming up. I know like on Twitter, like MJF was like, oh, I have to team up with that piece of shit, Sean Spears. And they're like playing it up like they don't want to team up. But I just don't understand why you'd book them to team up when they are um, supposedly rivals. Uh but I think I'm going to go with the heel team just because I think MJF and Sean Spears both need wins. Um, Sean Spears is about to head into a program with Cody at All Out. And MJF is probably going to be one of, if not the top heel in the company. So I think them getting a win in this match and then maybe getting in like a scuffle or something afterwards would be the way that they go in this one. I'm actually going the other way. Okay. Because Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela have not won yet. I don't think anyone in this match has won yet. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Never mind. But yeah, the babyface team. Okay. Just to be contrarian. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I could see... See, it's going to go either one way. They're, they're, they're going to fight after the match, after they win, or they're going to fight during the match and it's going to cost them the match. Yeah. So it's one of two things is going to happen. So I oh, could absolutely. easily see that. All right. First on the list is Brandy Rhodes versus Allie in a singles match. Oh, this is tough. I'll go first. Allie's going over. I want to say that, but... I mean, these vice, pres- these vice presidents' winning records have been pretty fucking good so far. But she's not a vice president. She's a chief branding officer. I think that's a higher title. It might be. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to go Allie, too. Brandy's uh, not wrestling. She's going to go over him. Yeah, Brandy's, Brandy's not a full-time competitor, to, as far as my knowledge goes. I don't think she's going to be competing for the women's title. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she will. But I think it makes sense for Allie to go over. She got a nice win at the pre-show last couple weeks ago at uh, Fighter Fest. So I think she keeps building on momentum. They got to start building stars here. TV's coming in a few months. Oh yes, they got they got to start keeping, especially the under undercard. Especially when they put it out there that wins and losses are going to matter. So if wins and losses are going to matter, then you need let's you have need, them start matter, mattering. You need some credibility. It's fucking fly. He's being a dick. Up next, the match. My maybe my favorite performer in, in all of AEW. Yeah. Not Kenny Omega. But the Kenny Omega versus Sema. Hmm. I think Sema's fucking fantastic. Well, then you should pronounce his name right. Shima. Shima. Yeah. Well, I think Shima is fucking fantastic. He is. He's. I think he's awesome. He's not gonna. But win, then though. again, he, like he looked, he looked over. He looked. He just. He did work with Daniels and Kazarian so far. So I mean. No, he's great. I could. I could tell you he's great. Yeah. But he's not going over here. No, not a chance. Kenny Omega has a, another big program coming up with John Moxley. At all out. Lay down for him. And uh, 
Well, you can't lose to a guy from that place, even though you already did. Yeah. Um, but that's what he said. Um, Omega's going over. He needs to, he, like, he needs momentum going into the Moxley match, and it just makes too much sense for him not to win. So I'm going Kenny Omega. Me too. Me too, me too, me too. Okay, the match I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. Hmm. Who do you got? I got the Buckaroos just because this tag team tournament's ongoing. And I think based on what the storyline is going on with Cody and Sean Spears, I don't think him and Dustin are going to be a focal point of the tag division. I think Cody's going to be a singles guy. So I think it just makes sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The fly was on your face, and I was just laughing. Um, I just think it makes sense for the Young Bucks to win. Uh, build momentum. I, I, I'm going to keep saying momentum because... because well, it's their fault. Well, I don't think it's their fault. You're starting a new company. It can't be really yeah. anyone's fault. But I'm also going the Young Bucks. They're established oh, team. That must kill you. That it must... does. It hurts well, me inside. Well, Cody and Dustin this... did something the Young Bucks will never do. Yeah. WWE Tag Team Champions. Twice. Now, well, one, Stardust and Cody are different people. That's true. That's very true. So. But I'm going with the Bucks of Youth because you know, they're an established team. They're going to be inv- heavily involved with this uh, tag team tournament. I'm assuming also with the, the Super Mario Brothers, whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> the, the Dark Order. The Dark Order. <laughs> what, was, what was the name before that? Uh, Super Smash Bros. Super Smash Brothers. Close enough. Slobs and masks. Well, as Jim well, Cornette Only said. one of them wears a mask. And he's fat as fuck. He's a very good worker, though. He is. He's actually awesome. Yeah. But, okay, up next is Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. Adam Page isn't losing no. until until he gets until Jericho beats him for the title. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So Same I, sentence. It'll be a fun match. Kip Sabian's one of the rising guys in the pro wrestling world. Um, uh, he's dating the bad girl, so that's always exciting. Wow. Is, she, is he really? Yeah, he's dating Penelope Ford. Good for her. And... Him. And her, I guess. And her. So it'll be a fun match, but the Hangman is going over with the Dead Eye. Uh, I hate that he changed. I think Rites of Passage was such a better name for that finish. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think the Buckshot Larry is the best name he has. Well, I'm talking like the Dead Eye used to be Rites of Passage, yeah. and he changed the name. Buckshot Larry was always the Buckshot Larry. He's going with the Buckshot Larry. Nah, he's the Dead Eye. He's winning with the Dead. That's a killer finish. So was a Buckshot Larry. Not really. It's a setup move with it, a great name. It's a setup move for the for the Dead Eye. Uh, it's the second best name in all of in all of AEW finishers. Yeah. You know what the first is? Judas Effect. No. What? Heat Seeking Pile Driver. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, after that, we got is it Heat Seeking because your head's in their nuts. SoCal Uncensored, which is Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Uh, Daniels will be at their side versus the Lucha Brothers. And holy shit, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, that's gonna be. Uh... Crazy match. Um, oh, man. I think SoCal Cesar gets the win. See, that's what I was leaning towards them, but the Lucha Brothers, it's another case where the Lucha Brothers are 0-2. Yeah. So I think they got to win this one. You know, SCU as a team is uh, undefeated. They won on the... Uh, no, they didn't win. On, they, they lost the Firefest pre-show to Best Friends. That's mm-hmm. right. So they're one and one, and the Lucha Brothers are zero and two. And like normally, when predicting a wrestling show, I don't like take records into account. But all we kept hearing for months is that wins and losses are going to matter. So when I make each of these picks, I have to keep records in mind. So I think the Lucha Brothers go over. They're the top two tag team in the world, no doubt. Um, 
So I think you got to build them up, give them the yeah, W. They're top five. They're top two. I think there's the, I think top two. I think there's a straight. There's a five tag teams in the world right now that are equally as good as each other, and you can order them in any way. I don't know if I agree with that. And three of them were with the other company. I don't know if I agree with that, but that's your opinion. You're right, right, no, to, you're right. Who else you got? I got these two. Well, I'm not saying – I think we both agree on the top five, but saying they're all as equal, all equals, I don't think that's – Okay, I think – Like – I think one of them is equal. Like, Maybe. Bucks, Bucks, Usos, Revival, Viking Raiders, and uh, Usos. Like, yeah, I you agree. Usos twice. And uh, Lucha Brothers. Yeah. I I agree. They're they're all top five, but saying they're all equal, I don't you know, I don't agree. With that. I think I think I think uh, the Bucks, Lucha Bros, and the Usos are on the same level. Mm-hmm. It's your opinion. Big Usos guy. I could tell you said they were number one. I think I, I think they're the best acting in the world, and I will stand. I'll die on that fucking hill. That's your opinion. That's your it opinion. is. And then the last match, which I'm very very much looking forward to, the Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson versus and and Helico. Did I say that right. And Helico. Yeah. And Helico. And Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And I'm going Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I'm going Dark Order. They can't just cut all these spooky vignettes and, like, beat people up when the lights turn off and turn back on and then not back it up. Uh, I could see another team winning, but they, but the Dark Order definitely won't be the ones no. eating the fall. I think I think Jungle Boy will pin and he'll go. But I'm going with the Dark Order. They're trying to be spooky, so they better fucking win. Who's calling the show? Uh... Marvez, Excalibur, and oh, he's JR. fucking back. Yeah, he's back. I love Excalibur. Unlike, unlike what Cornette thinks, he did not get fired. He, <laughs> he will be back. Um, he's so confused when he watches this show. And Bia Priestley and Chris Jericho will also be appearing, but they don't have set matches yet. So, What does Chris Jericho do? Does he, does he interfere in Hangman's match? Does he get a match with somebody? Well, I mean, he has the body type and gimmick for the Dark Order, so he can show up there. Jesus Christ. But uh, Britt Breaker and... Shoko Nakajima is also advertised. Britt's the ace of that division. She will probably pick up the W there. Yeah. Uh, so that's Fight for the Fallen on a scale of 1 to 10. How excited are you for Fight for the Fallen? Six. I'm going 7.5. Uh, I'm more excited for another show we'll get to in a minute. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me, considering your gimmick. But... Uh, AEW, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm curious on what they're going to do. You know, it's a new company. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to figure out the direction that they're trying to go in. And I look forward to these shows, not even because of wrestling quality. Like the wrestling quality would be great. I'm just trying to see, I'm interested in how they build people. Because there's a lot of people that have never seen any of these guys before. Like this is probably going to be, I'm, I'm assuming this will be the first time you ever see the Dark Order in a match. Yeah. What about you? I YouTube their match against I've, the Young Bucks. I've seen some of their work. On YouTube, but like watching their matches, this will be the first time I've seen them. The the full match of the that Young big, Bucks. What's that all? big guy? Fucking Evil Uno. Evil Uno. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. He's like fucking. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Um, but I why their match of the Young Bucks from Ring of Honor last year is on YouTube. It's a very good match. I recommend checking it out. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen. I I bet you this will be a lot of t- uh, the first time a lot of people see them, considering they got a Who Are You chant at Double or Nothing. Um, but yeah, that's Fight for the Fallen. I'm, I'd say I'm a 7.5 on the excitement level. This weekend's just to be a crazy week for wrestling. 2G1 shows, Evolve's 10th anniversary, Fight for the Fallen, and what we are about to get to. Um, Extreme Rules. Once again, like a mall cop. Extreme Rules is coming up this Sunday at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania from the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, we'll say it again. We said it eight times already, but we will be there. Um, looking forward to the show, so why don't you kick us off with what we're kicking off with. Okay, their stupid WWE Wikipedia does not put them any 
any order. So I'm gonna think. I'm gonna go with I think the order they're gonna go in. Pre-show. Uh, Tony Nese versus Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak just won the belt, but it is his hometown, and no one ever wins in their hometown. But I think Gulak's gonna buck the trend. And yep, he won it too soon. Win. And I think he's been an excellent champion so far. You know, we're big 205 Live yeah. proponents. Davari and Oni tore it up on Tuesday. They did. Great fucking fight. Fantastic match. Okay. Up next, we got Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. This not a chance, a Bobby man, Buckets. It is, is a, a last, last man, man standing, standing match. match. Bobby Headband will not win this match. No. Strowman, from this, according to uh, some online reports, they're, they're trying to really monster up Strowman again. So, Strowman, 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 Strowman. I agree. Um, I think Braun will win. It'll be a physical little match. Don't know how good it'll be, but hopefully hopefully they just do a lot of mean guy spots and don't go super long. I mean, no, they can put on a good match just as a slugfest. Yeah, yeah, it's just not the same kind of good match that we'll see in other Yeah, I mean, the, there's, a, there's a lot of good matches on the show, or potential good matches. I'm not saying they're good already. Yeah. Okay, up, we'll go up next. We're going to go Aleister Black versus Cesaro. Uh, Alistair Black. Black. Cesaro can win. This is the Cesaro match. Cesaro can this... lose without, without uh, being damaged, and Black needs to win his first match. Yeah, Black isn't going to lose. I know a lot of people are pissed that it's not Bray Wyatt, but both... I can't. They, neither yeah, of them have they, Neither, neither of them can lose. lose. So Cesaro is a great choice. Those two will potentially steal the show, and Cesaro will look, still look very good in doing the J-O-B to the Black Mass. And, yeah, hopefully... This... Although, I'll be, Cesaro's like 6'6", so I would love to see that. Yeah. Him get his him get his foot that high. Well, I'm sure you're gonna see it. Yeah. So tune in. Okay. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I'm kinda torn on this one. Um I'm going Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I'm going Bailey due to Sasha Banks coming back and helping her. But yeah, then Sasha so, turned but the, immediately. Yes, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's the ideal situation. Yes. And I don't I don't know if I believe it's going to happen, but I want to believe it's going to happen. So that's what I'm going to pick is going to happen. I mean, it's the obvious right, right choice. And then it'll set it. up Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam, yes. which I will also be at. So that would be quite... Full circle for them, too. They, you know, we've seen what they can do in August before. And at a... Well, not SummerSlam, but SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. So, that's yeah. I was getting it. I'm going Bailey winning and Sasha coming back and turning. Which is good. That's the best, best thing they can do. Yeah. Up next is Daniel Bryan and Rowan. The Vintner. Okay, the Vintner. Versus the New Day, represented by Big E and Xavier Woods. Versus Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucky. Who do you got and why? I got Heavy Machinery. It's uh, their time. It's another one I'm torn. Um, I'm going to go Brian and the Vintner, but they're going to pin the New Day, and it's going to set up Heavy Machinery versus the Vintner and Brian at SummerSlam. And then Heavy Machinery will get their moment in a one-on-one match. I like it, but I think they're winning here. Okay, up next, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Another potential match of the night. Hmm. I want to go with AJ so bad, but I don't know if they'll take the strap off Ricochet after like a month. Yeah, and but uh, according I, according to, if you believe certain sources, they're very, very, very high on Ricochet. Like, that doesn't mean he can't lose the U.S. title. No, I mean, the money's in the chase. Not only that, but it's like, I don't understand how you could bring back the club, have them look like so dominant. He just beat Gallows and Anderson on Raw. I don't understand how he could just beat AJ Styles. I feel like that would kill the club, like, dead in the water before they're even getting started I think you're again. right. That's why I'm picking AJ. <laughs> you just said you didn't think Ricochet was going to lose it. I'm No, I'm picking, I was picking AJ the entire time. Okay. Well, you, you do it. I'm going AJ as well. And let them go until SummerSlam. 
I'm they, sure they have a nice little thing going. I'm sure they will have a rematch at SummerSlam. They have a nice little thing going. AJ can carry stuff on the mic because we both know Ricochet is not oh, the best. Oh, man. I love Ricochet. He's one of my probably top five favorite wrestlers currently. But his promos are brutal. They are. They They're are. brutal. They, he needs to work with good old Paul. Just don't have him. He doesn't need to talk. Don't, no, he doesn't. Everybody doesn't need to talk. If not, give him a mouthpiece. No. Baby faces don't need mouthpieces. Just don't. He doesn't have to talk. But that doesn't work in this company. Okay. Up next. Another potential match of the night. <coughs> Excuse me. The Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder versus the Usos, Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso. Who do you got and why? This is another tough one. Um, I think the Revival is getting a good win. I hope they do, but... You never know. Especially the fact that they keep refusing to re-sign makes me think that the Usos might win. But I'm going to go Revival. Uh, hopefully they give them more than like eight minutes. Give them fifteen minutes to go out there and tear it up. Uh, yeah, this could be a match of the night. Revival and Uso, Usos isn't a match we've seen too often. I know they don't on the house shows a ton, but I think uh, Scott Dawson said they've only wrestled twice on TV. So, and that's not counting like three team matches and fatal four way team matches. They've only had two one on one matches on TV. But as we as we described, we think they're two of the best five tag teams yeah, in the world. Yeah, no doubt. I'm so, sure we'll like, great. That, 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 that could steal the show and we're both tanned to tag team wrestling. And I'm gonna go revival. Me too. They just gave him a new T shirt, so they'll get a win. Taker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. So this is a no holds barred match. Um so I'm kinda curious with this. They just gave Taker and Roman a new T-shirt. So that makes me think maybe this isn't a one-off. <laughs> what, what if fucking Taker and Roman won like the SmackDown tag titles? Just think about it. I know it won't happen, but just think about it for a second. That'd be awesome. And they're called so the funny. Graveyard Dogs, which is a terrible name. They've, they've come up with worse. I don't know, man. That's bad. I mean, merchandise everything. That's what they do. Graveyard Dog, Like, oh, that's so bad. It's so funny. That's so bad. It's funny. But I'm going. Well, this is you don't even have to pick. It's Taker, Taker and, Reigns, and Roman. And I'm going to go on even further and say I think there's going to be a Kevin Owens running. Is that where you're going? No, for? I think I, there's going to be a Kevin Owens running. That might. I, I didn't even think about that, but I think Drew goes on the Barry Taker at SummerSlam casket match. No, that's, they'll probably they might wrestle at SummerSlam, but from what I heard, Taker's going to be working Mania next year, so they're not going to. Unless they do a gimmick where he rises from the dead for the 24th time. <laughs> so. And he is undead. And you know what? It works every single time. That's true. No matter what, Everyone will bitch about his performance, but the next time that gong hits, they all go crazy. Well, we saw. We got us out of our seat the night after well, Raw. I, you, I, was, I was engaged. You were sleeping. But it woke me up. It did. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Beat up Elias and it led to nothing. <laughs> Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. This one is super interesting. For, this, for the WWE Championship. So, one of the things I love about Kofi's reign is it was never supposed to happen. So, every time he has a title, like, if, if, if Daniel Bryan was still the champion and he was wrestling Dolph Ziggler two pay-per-views in a row, I'd be like, there's zero chance Dolph Ziggler could win. But since this Kofi reign was never even supposed to happen in the first place, he could literally lose at any time, and it really wouldn't surprise me. What makes this even more super interesting is Kofi allegedly tweaked his back, he was kept off of well, he was on SmackDown, but he was kept off of SmackDown in a wrestling role. He just cut a backstage promo. I'm gonna go out on a super limb, and I'm either gonna look like a genius or be very wrong. It's not a limb. If, the, if, if this is a show opinion, it's not a limb. It's not really. It's a it's a prediction, not an opinion. Yeah, 
I mean, uh, this is a show prediction. It's not a limb. Oh, I mean, I don't. I think the chances of it happening are slim. So I think it's going out on a limb. I'm gonna say Joe wins, then Brock immediately cashes in on him, and they set up Joe and Brock at SummerSlam. I think Joe wins, but no cashing. Yeah, I could see it. But I. It's not a new thing. I told you I was picking Joe last week. Yeah. It's. I think it's his time. He's been phenomenal recently. He looks he's like he's finally healthy. He's done everything to deserve it. He'll get a standing room backstage. Philly is a great town to give a belt to Samoa Joe. And Joe is one of the guys that could lose and it doesn't hurt him. But you could only lose so many. Look what Shinsuke Nakamura lost one too many WWE title matches and it killed him. Yeah. Joe, if he loses, let's see. He lost it. Well, he won by DQ against AJ at SummerSlam. He didn't get the belt. Then he lost to AJ the next month. Then he lost to AJ in October. Then he lost to AJ at Crown Jewel. That's four WWE Championship losses in a row. And then if you want to go back another year, he lost twice to Lesnar, once in a singles match, once in a fatal four-way. So this would be his seventh. That was a great match. Oh, it was. That's that's why... Oh, the singles match at Great Balls of Fire yeah, was great, too. it was. That's why I want Joe and Brock one-on-one at SummerSlam. I think it'd be fucking great. It'd be Slugfest. Yeah, and this would be Joe's seventh world title loss, and I just, I, man, seven world title losses without winning once, that's kind of... And I just think, I think he's earned it. He's earned it from all his years in the business. I think the people in the back know that. Like I said, Philly's a good town to put up both on Samoa Joe. And I'll give Kofi credit. I've really enjoyed his reign. He's they've they've booked him very well. He hasn't lost a singles match since February, which is wild to think about. Joe choked him out in a six man. That was his first loss of any kind since March. It's not even a loss if you if you don't tap. Well, yeah, it's still a loss. Yeah. If Joe chokes him out and Kofi doesn't tap, he'll be the champion. So it's still a loss, but Kofi's lost like two matches since February, which is they've booked him great, and it's not like it's not like everyone said Kofi's had the shovel and buried everyone either. I think they've booked Kofi great, but I just think it's Joe's time. All right, and the main event. Listen to you this. know this is gonna get hijacked, right? Oh yeah, this, this is, is gonna bad. get hijacked. Seth Rollins and his boo Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and his boo Lacey Evans. You missed a great you missed a great opportunity to, to call Seth Rollins the man's man since that new offensive. Oh yeah, great fucking out. opportunity. Yeah. Please listen to the how the, how they have the stipulation listed for this match. Last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match for both the WWE Universal Championship and the Raw Women's Championship. Well, that's what it is. And then yeah, I guess we can't say that any other way. But uh Seth and Becky. Yeah. Yeah. Rather easily, rather quickly. I don't know about if it's the main event, it's going like twenty minutes. But it was like six matches at the main event of the show. Something's fishy if Kofi and Joe go on last. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like if you know Kofi what I'm and Joe like, go on last. That's yeah. That's a that's a red flag right there. Um, but yeah, I'm also going uh, Becky and Seth. They both need to move on to different things. The the Corbin and the Lacey feud just isn't working. It's not. It's like Corbin chased the U.S. title. Yeah, well, I, I I think I don't know if it was last week, but it was a couple weeks ago. But like I said, if they would have just built up Corbin, let him go after the U.S. title first instead of just like rushing him to the main event. It would have, people wouldn't hate him the way they do, and I know you don't believe in go away heat, but like, people who are booing Corbin, it's not like they want to see Corbin get his ass kicked. They just don't want to see Corbin. I want to see Corbin. Well, I know you do. You're you're the guy. He he is Wilkes-Barre's favorite son. He is. Um, He's awesome. He's a lone wolf. But yeah, I'm going Becky and Seth. Uh, I'm gonna go with 
Becky tapping out Lacey. I think that's yeah, gonna. I think that's gonna it. be the finish. Because I feel like I feel like there's a better. They love Corbin. So I don't think Corbin. Yeah, really yeah. Can I feel fall. like it's a better way to. But I mean, they love Lacey too. But I think they love Corbin more. Like they really love Corbin. I really. I, how do you not really love Corbin? <laughs> Dude, the guy's six eight. He's got. He's got excellent looks. Three great moves. A great theme song. What else do you need in wrestling? I hate the attire, but I get that him keeping that attire is because so many people hate it. <laughs> I, that's what it is. Like, the reason he didn't go back to tights and, like, the vests is because people hate the Red Lobster outfit. Like, people fucking... You know how many tweets on Twitter I see about Corbin's fucking attire? People hate it. Just as many, more or less than Joe's hair. Ooh, that's close. Probably more. Cause it's, well, because it's been going on longer. I hate Joe's hair. I know you hate I Joe's hate hair. I hate Joe's hair. It's a weekly scheduled tweet at this it, point. It's the worst hair. It's the worst hair. My pubes look better than Joe's oh, hair. Oh, God. I did not need to know that. You You did. All right, well, what was what is your excitement level for Extreme Rules? I mean, we'll be there. I always love going to shows. We're going to Xfinity Live before. We'll get a couple sliders. And uh, I'm, I'm a solid eight for this. I was just at, a, I was just at Xfinity Live, and I had the, the chili cheese tots. They were very good. Oh, well, we'll, have to, we'll have to dabble. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm probably at about a eight and a half, nine, but that's only because I was going. If I was watching this show on TV, I'd probably be at about a seven. But like you said... I just get irrationally excited to going like we're like two days, two days we're going to a fucking pay per view. I always, I don't know why it is. I just love seeing pro wrestling in person. I always get irrationally excited about seeing pro wrestling. Never had a bad time in person, other than Mania. Mania was the worst time I ever had, and and it was still a good time. That was an untypical Mania experience, as I can tell you from a guy that's been to other Manias. That was that wasn't normal. But speaking of being excited to see wrestling in person, like a fucking mall cop. Northeast Wrestling is coming to the PNC Field in Music. So if you're anywhere in the Northeast Pennsylvania area or New Jersey, New, New Jersey, York. somewhere in the drive tri-state. Like, drive, drive like us to see wrestling. Tri-state area, is that a thing? Are we yeah. a tri-state? Yeah, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. I want to You can even say Connecticut if you want to. Some of these stars... Well, I went to Connecticut for a show. But let's, some of these stars that will be there include the hottest man in all of pro wrestling right now, John Moxley. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, Rhino, Funaki, the NEW champion Darby Allen. Which Renee- I'm very, very, very excited to yeah. see Darby Allen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Renee Young, Teddy Long, Jerry the King Lawler, Enzo and Cass. And tickets are just $20. They are available at Ticketmaster.com or NortheastWrestling.com. Or if you're old-fashioned and you want to call, you could call the Rail Riders at 570-969-2255. We will be there front row. Say what's up to your boys if you go. And we encourage you to go. This is going to be a great show. Nice North- venue. Northeast Wrestling is like the premier indie, in my it opinion. It, it, it's, it's, it's very good. I'm very excited to see it because I've seen some shady indies. <laughs> I saw a riot in Altoona that you'll never believe. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a very high quality professional wrestling show. Just look at some of their past cards and yeah, come out and join us at uh, Wrestling Under the Stars, Northeast Wrestling, PNC Field, and the date on that is August eighteenth. Uh, yeah, kind of kind of important to tell you the date if you're thinking about going. So once again, go to uh, northeastwrestling.com or ticketmaster.com to scoop up tickets. They're going fast. I think front row is like completely gone. Yep. But there are still great seats available. Come to Northeast Wrestling. And yeah, come, come holler at your boys and see some quality professional wrestling action. So coming up next, we will tell you what the rest of the family put out this week. We're the last show this week because of our audio issues. And we will also have the highly anticipated Kane Fact of the week so stand by 
So due to our audio issues, we are the last show of the week on the Turnbuckle Topics Network this week. So you can check out all of the other shows on the Turnbuckle Topics YouTube page. So Kuda underscore Junior, Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio, presented Ra is Heyman. Uh, at new Twitter handle for Chris Panero, at Bearded Chris P. Thank God, because his Twitter handle was the hardest thing to say. His pants are no longer old school. He got no, some new man. pants. So that's, you always want Or his it. school pants are no longer old. Well, if you want to look at it that way. But at Bearded Chris P, at Bearded Chris P, still can't say the Twitter handle. Mm. Nothing changes. Um, Slammiversary Review, he is the number one impact guy in the entire West Coast, in our opinion. I know you have. And you know, the world. Well, yeah, but I was, setting, I'm not I, was, it. I was setting you up for it, but you know he is the rootinest, tootinest impact mind in the West. I love how I can't say sentences, but I can say yeah, rootinest, tootinest. You can no pull problem. that shit off. Yeah, and then finally, at Lins be honest and at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior present so much wrestling, which is in fact true. Um, so all that is available on the Turnbuckle Topics YouTube page and wherever else you get your fine podcast from. And of course, this has been our show. I don't have to tell you about us but i do want to tell you to follow us at champions pod and now for the most anticipated topic of the show you know this was voted top segment uh three months in a row in wrestling podcast weekly yeah yeah there probably is a real magazine somewhere that that, that fucking did not vote us at all i'm actually going to an account tomorrow they have like a pwy from like 2011 just sitting on the <laughs> magazine rack of course it's awesome but as the greatest theme in the history of wrestling graces your ears, I just want you to know that Kane has the most televised matches in WWE history with 928. It's a lot of matches. 162 more than the second second place. You want to guess who it was? Second place? Hmm. The only person you would... It's very similar to him. The Big Show? Yes. I was giving my guess. I figured Because he wrestled forever. Yeah. But 928's a lot. Yeah, you can set a lot of fire with all those matches. 162 more than the second place. Yeah, I feel like you didn't appreciate what I just did there. I did, I did. You started a lot of fire at those matches because yes. Kane's a pyromaniac. And you start fire with matches. I don't know if you were going with that or there, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, so what, You think, yes, of course, but... But that's it for us for this week. It took the entire week to record, but... Yeah, We will it's, see it's you Extreme Rules. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple days. See you Tuesday, hopefully, if nothing goes wrong. Yep. Uh, so, see you later after a while. <laughs>